I'm Mina Starziak-Hawk, and this is Mina AF, where I answer all of your questions and you can ask me anything. Can we talk about money? Can you still breastfeed with implants? You're both boss moms, and I'd love to know the story of how you met. Literally anything any of you want to hear. Listen as we build a community and get to know each other better. I am very excited, and I'm not going to lie, Kathy, a little anxious um, talking to you on the podcast today. So you guys, I'm talking to Kathy Heller, host of the Kathy Heller podcast and author of Don't Keep Your Day Job. And you actually started out as a singer and a songwriter. And at 24, you decided to move to LA to follow your dreams. So how did you decide to make that decision to move? Yeah, I had this unrelenting just feeling of I want to I want to be creating and I want to be creative and so I moved to Los Angeles and my first clue like Hansel and Greta with breadcrumbs was I've always loved to write music so I think I'm going to go write music and so you know I was walking around this city I didn't know a soul but I was doing my thing and and I was writing songs and I got a day job so I could support myself and uh, eventually I got a record deal and I had a record deal and I was writing music. I was in the studio with Lady Gaga at Sunset Sounds and she was recording right before me and she was recording paparazzi. And I was sitting there thinking, this is just like Willy Wonka's factory. Like, I can't believe I'm standing here. It is mesmerizing. Um, I was 24 at the time. And very soon after that moment came another moment, which is the record label said, you know, we can't find a single, there's no song on the record that we think will be number one on the Billboard 100. And so what we're going to do is shelve the record and we're going to look for a movie. And if we can find a soundtrack that this song could be in, like in Devil Wears Prada, KT Tunstall has a song, Suddenly I See, when Anne Hathaway is walking through the opening of this movie, that's what delivered that song to the chart. So they said, that's what we'll do with you is we'll we'll find a movie. And so we found a movie and then the movie we found, my song was going to be the the beginning of the movie didn't get made. And so the label dropped me. And when they dropped me at that point, I didn't see any other roads. I thought in my mind, there were no other possibilities because that was the ultimate possibility. It was like meeting the wizard of Oz and he has no way to get you home. So I gave up and I thought I was just pursuing now all that was left that was possible. And I got a day job and I got a job in a casting office. I was working on a show called The Ghost Whisperer with Jennifer Love Hewitt just because I yeah, saw that okay, on I've seen that. <laughs> and like a year into it, I was like, why am I in this office? What am I doing? I don't have – I just found this as a random job, but this isn't like sustainable. And so a friend of mine said, listen, Kath, if you need to just have a job, you should be making a ton of money. Because as long as you're not going to have your dream, just make money. Because it's the same eight hours in, eight hours out. And I said, well, how do you do that? And she said, well, you can do two things to make the most money. You can do finance. And I said, well, that won't work because I really can't do math. And she said, or you could work in commercial real estate. You could work in real estate where they sell $300 million shopping centers. So the same eight hours you'll spend if you sell a shopping center. Think of what. And I was like, this makes logical sense, right? This is what I'm going to do. And two years goes by. And I start to have like jaw pain, like something is wrong. And I go to work one day and I just see myself in the elevator door reflection and I burst into tears. I was like, who the hell are you? What person is this? What life is this? You're a liar. You're a fraud. 
you are an artist. Why are you walking into this building every day? And then my other thought says to me, well, because there's no way to do that. You got as far as you could possibly get. And the answer was no. So my logical brain was like, don't you know, part of me that has a bigger calling, there's no way to have that calling. You've already done it. You've been there. It's not like you can pretend you haven't. And then Mm -hmm. I had a thought I had never thought, which changed my life, which is, well, is there anything between doing this job that doesn't feel like me at all and being Beyonce? Is there any other way I could do music? I had never had that thought. And I, I, was in, I was in enough pain that I thought, I'm going to go see. And so I quit my job. And that's why I wrote this book, Don't Keep Your Day Job, because I was like, I'm going to quit my yeah. job. So I quit my job. And I was like, okay, like the pressure is on. I only have a few months of savings. My parents, at that point, I wasn't even on speaking terms with my dad because my dad had left when I was about 12 and my mom didn't have any money. So it wasn't like I had a trust fund to lean on. So my mom was like, are you crazy? Like you finally set yourself up for success. And I was like, but that's not success if there's no fulfillment. So I wasn't feeling successful. And so I started to look for clues that there were other things that I could do. I was ravenously looking for the evidence And when you look for clues, you'll find them, right? And so I I found Mm -hmm. an article that was talking about people licensing their songs. And I was like, what does that mean? And it was people like Ingrid Michaelson and Regina Spector. And at the time, there was this big article about Ingrid Michaelson. And she was this girl who had all these songs in Grey's Anatomy, and she didn't have a record deal. And I was like, that's a path. Holy smokes, that's a path. That's me. I can do that. Like I have talent and I can do that. So what does it mean now? What's my next step? What's my next move? And so I started to ask myself, what's the next question? And the next question was, who do I send my music to? And then the question after that was, what will I send them if I find out who it is? And then I realized I'm going to reach out to these people cold, which was scary as hell. And I was going to ask them, what do you need? And it was the most brilliant thing that changed my life. So I started to have the courage to be so freaking scared. And I was. And this is before the days of Instagram. So I would have to find the name of the person who worked at the television show that I was interested in writing music for. And the name of the person is a music supervisor. They choose the songs. And I would reach out to these people cold. And it was terrifying because I had every thought that you would think I would have. Like, you're going to be annoying. They don't know you. Why would they talk to you? Like, And I would just show up and say, like, kind of like what you did when you and I just started. I'd be like, hey, my name is Kathy Heller. This is really scary to reach out to you. Um, I love your show and um, I write music and I would love to be a part of the story you're telling. And I'm just so curious, what story is it that you're telling? Because I might be able to write music for you. And they said to me, no one has ever done that. And I said, how can that be? And they said, well, first of all, nobody calls here. (laughs) It takes a lot of guts. We usually get calls from agents, not songwriters, but It's what you said that's different than what the agents say. I said, well, what do the agents say? He said, the agents say, here's my artist's music. Can you use it? And he said, what you just said, what do you need? What story are you telling? And I was like, well, that was intuitive to me, honestly, because the songs I had written, how the hell did I know if this song about the Smoky Mountains would fit into Grey's Anatomy? That That doesn't make sense, right? And a lot of artists are so precious about their integrity that they won't ask that question. But if you think of real artists like Michelangelo, Michelangelo was commissioned. He was asked to paint that ceiling and he was told exactly what to paint. Why is it still so artistic? Because he painted it. 
So I knew it would still be me. I was just asking for the inspiration. Like, what's the story I'm becoming a part of? It made sense to me. And so what happened is I built a giant career and I started making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And my songs were in all of those shows. So whether you, you wouldn't have been aware of it at the time, but if you, if, if you were a person who watched Pretty Little Liars, Younger, Switched at Birth, Grey's Anatomy, One Tree Hill, Dawson's Creek, in that era, <clears throat> all my songs yeah. were, I wrote probably 125 songs for those shows. So that became my literal life. And people, I, would, I was literally walking on air. People would say, what do you yeah. do? And I would say, I write music for film and TV. And they would say, what does that even mean? And I would be like, yeah. So I literally get asked to write a song about sisters or to write a song about first love or to write a song about going home and coming home to ourselves." And then I write it and they're like, huh? I'm like, yeah. What wound up happening, which I did not plan for, like everything amazing, you don't plan for it. Um, other artists started to say, how the hell are you doing that? How the hell are you doing that? How the hell are you doing that? And so I did something I never thought I would do, which is I started teaching a workshop in Los Angeles in my house. Two weeks later, there were so many people interested. I rented a theater. I was teaching at this theater for a year. It was full. And then somebody said, I don't live in LA. They wrote me this note. Is there any way I can get access to this workshop online? So I did a workshop online just like this. Like there is no webinar. I've never used a slideshow. I don't know from anything online. I just was myself, but I did it online. I actually used Zoom way before people had ever heard of Zoom and it worked. And that class started to make an impact and it was making money. Anyway, long story short, then the class made $2 million in its first year but I was already making half a million dollars a year. So it was all gravy at that point. And then one of my songwriting students said, why don't you start a podcast? Because 90% of what you teach is not just about songwriting. It's about all the mindset that could be applied to any person claiming their life. And now um, I teach a program called Abundant Ever After, which is like, how do you really get clear so that every day you can be in the unlimited, right? You can transcend the program of the mind, which we all have running, and you can get creative and you can take on the world by storm and create your world as you want it to be. And all that stuff is actually so interesting that we really, I mean, it's the only thing really to talk about because it's its the way the mm -hmm. world works. So that is the entire, like from the beginning until now. That's an incredible story. So thank you so much for sharing. I'll rewind a little bit. Do you mind me asking how old you are? 43. Okay. So I'm a little bit younger. I'm 37 and started my own you know, home renovation and was just loving what I was doing and then kind of accidentally got swept up into this world uh, that has given me a big platform and you know, made a big old mess along the way. And just in the last like couple of years, really, I think, started to do a lot of the reflection that you suggest that people do because- so many thoughts that go through my head, uh, I think, are shared by the general public. Again, even just researching you, it's like, again, what am I doing wrong? Like, how am I doing this differently? Like, I, 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 I can't not be me. That's never been a trouble, like a problem. I am, you know, <laughs> for better or worse, um, me. Which I think is why the show's been a little bit more of a success than others because it is very genuine. It's a short version of me, but it is. Um, but still having that feeling and along the way hearing other friends, uh, family, people on social media reach out 
And I think the easy thing for people to say is, okay, well, Kathy, that was lightning in a bottle. You were you got this one thing that turned out, you know, this one strike of luck, and then you were able to bankroll so you could do all the rest. And not everyone can do that because, you know, this random amazing thing happened that then created wealth and then wealth opens up so many opportunities. And I I know why that's BS, but, you know, what is your, I guess, response to that to help people understand? Because I think what's easy for people is to make it outside of themselves. So it's not my fault that I'm failing. It's someone else's fault. It's a situation. It's a life situation. It's something that I can't control. So I don't have to feel bad about being in charge of my own failure, I guess, which sounds harsh, but. Yeah, I totally get what you're asking. So we would have to redefine what is the goal. And what I mean is everything you just said is actually a lie that the brain tells us. No one in the history of the world is actually wanting what they think they want. No one wants a pile of stuff. No one. They just think a pile of stuff will make them happy. We have way bigger dreams. And what we want every second is a feeling. We want to feel an elevated state of being. And When I told that story, I said, I felt like I was walking on air when I was writing music. I was done because the feeling was there. The fact that it became even more successful was irrelevant. Where you put your focus determines how you feel. So you could be on a beautiful beach with two people you love, your best friend, your boyfriend. You could be at a party. You could be driving on a perfect day and it's 70 degrees and sunny and your thoughts can be in a lousy place and you feel lousy. Our environment and what's outside of us is, you're right, what most people make be the determiner of how we feel, but we are not even all in the same reality because we're perceiving reality differently based on the evidence we're looking for. But yes, having piles of stuff is the focus for most people where the focus really needs to be, where are you? Where's your attention and how do you feel? And how can you allow in a better feeling thought? And when you do that, you get creative. And oftentimes when you're feeling really good and you're feeling really creative and your consciousness is really high, you become a magnet for the most amazing opportunities. And then what happens is you get lots of piles of stuff, but you don't care. Yeah, And that's kind of what I'm saying. I think one of the really challenging things that is not fixable, you know, with the snap of a finger, it's not, it's going to, it takes generations, but is getting out of those negative generational patterns. Earthbreeze eco sheets look just like a dryer sheet, but it's an ultra concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It is the best of all worlds. Earthbreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and your skin. I absolutely love them. They're so convenient. They take up very little space and you don't have the giant bulky jugs that always leak, no matter how hard I try. One Earth Breeze Eco Sheet does all the hard work for you. And these tiny sheets can stop millions of detergent jugs from entering our ecosystem. Not only is it better for the planet, but Earth Breeze is also better for sensitive skin. Earth Breeze Eco Sheets are dermatologist tested, hypoallergenic, and free of bleach, dyes, and parabens. Making a positive impact in the world doesn't have to come at a cost to you. My clothes are clean, they smell great, and I feel like I've actually done something good just by doing my laundry. I think you should give it a try, and if you decide to go back to your old stuff for whatever reason, you get a full refund on your EarthBreeze purchase, no questions asked. 
Right now, my listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash AF. That's earthbreeze.com slash AF to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription. earthbreeze.com slash AF. So you can get out of your way because what you're used to doing typically as an adult is what you saw happening when you were a kid. And, you know, I, I know that, you know, you've had you had your own unique childhood. My parents divorced when I was three, lots of marriages, lots of unhealthy relationships, lots, lots of all the things. And so that's what I was raised in. And um my, you know, my dad's a doctor, my mom was a lawyer. Financial success was very important, but it was also used as a tool of control. So growing up, starting in high school as soon as I could work, what I was going to do to counteract that was make my own money so they couldn't use that as a tool to control me. So for a long time, that was the goal, make money, because that means freedom to me. Um, and then somewhere along the way, then it just kind of gets all twisted. Um, and it's really hard to – I actually did um, a, kind of like a business coaching consulting that really – was more like therapy. It was a six-month program, and it was the best investment I ever made in myself, even though I couldn't afford it at the time, which I think a lot of people probably think about your program, well, I can't afford this. But I think at that point, I was, I couldn't afford not to. And it really helped me kind of like reset the stage and look at a lot of those past patterns that I didn't want to carry on that I had actively tried to change and had ended up doing a lot of the same things. And so how do you talk through with people about how to, I think, A, recognize their patterns, recognize which ones they don't care for and want to leave behind, recognize which ones they want to take and and grow and really make the changes needed to get out of their own way? Because I think really what it comes down to is people are really afraid of change. Like you're, you want to stay in your comfort zone. So it's less daunting to just not succeed than it is to try to change and fail, maybe? Yeah, the amygdala, you know, this reptilian brain that we have hates change because change signals danger. And so we have this wrestling going on because our soul is seeking the unpredictable, right? When you were a kid, the day before you had a field trip to go on, you were excited. In fact, it happened for my kids today. They have a special day at school today. It's a STEAM day where everything is like project-based. And my daughter had to, she was actually given the homework assignment to buy a bottle of soda, a, liter, a two liter bottle and spill it out. Um, and then they're going to make rocket ships today. And so I have a kindergartner, fourth grader and fifth grader, and they are always sluggish getting out of bed every day. Why? Because they believe they know exactly what's going to happen every day. They've already lived that day yesterday. It's Groundhog Day. Today, they were up an hour early. I said to my nine-year-old, you got up at 5.30? And she's like, I didn't want to miss it. She was so excited today because why? It wasn't predictable, mm -hmm. right? It's going to be new. And so our soul is that. Our soul is saying, I'm not afraid of change. I want something different. I don't want to eat the same food. Can you imagine going to the same restaurant every night or eating the same? My cats, mm -hmm. they eat the same food every day. That would be the most boring existence. <laughs> so our brain and our soul are in a fight. Our brain says, I'm going to replay you the past. I'm going to replay you a tape about your parents. And you know, it's amazing because our bodies are changing 
so rapidly that Deepak Chopra was saying to me, we have 55 trillion cells. That's more than the stars in the Milky Way galaxy. In fact, if you started right now counting every cell one second at a time, you'd never finish between now and the time you died. That's how many cells we have. And they all completely replicate. They, re they, they change, they reproduce and completely you get a new set of them every 11 months, which means that you sitting here and me sitting here physically, I'm talking physical now, this is not theoretical. Will not be the same person in 11 but months. But also the person who we think lived the experience of being in that childhood doesn't exist. There's nothing literally on our physical yeah. body that experienced that, but our mind keeps replaying it, which gives us the chemicals of the feelings. Because every time you think a thought, you don't just have a thought, you have a chemical that comes with it. Your brain is amazing. And it has neuroplasticity. So one way, Dr. Rick Hansen says that we can look at the brain as like a garden, right? And what do you do in a garden? You pluck weeds. Those are the negative thoughts. But you do something mm -hmm. else. You plant flowers. What mm -hmm. most people do is neither. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second thing they'll try to do is pluck weeds. But what will happen is the weeds will just keep growing back in. So what has to happen is for the neuroplasticity to take hold is you pluck the weeds and you plant something new. You plant mm -hmm. a new thought. And boom, there's a new set of evidence. Because if you say to yourself, oh my God, nothing ever works out for me, your brain will immediately give you like 15,000 thoughts that tell you that and give you, sh give you shadows and moments and memories of your life where nothing works out for you. But if you plant a new mm -hmm. thought and you say, I am not my old identity, I'm actually the person who's witnessing myself having this conversation with Kathy Heller right now. And Kathy Heller is just a made up character that she's calling herself, but she's really this bigger consciousness that's playing inside of this body that she called Kathy Heller. Boom, your body, your brain gives you evidence that that's true. And now you're playing yeah. in the, now you're playing on the actual field of reality. Reality is expansive. So how do you get there? In one second, when you close your eyes, right? This is so interesting. It's instinctual. When people make a wish on a cake, they blow out a candle, they close their eyes instinctively. When people go to pray, yeah. they immediately close their eyes. And when people go to meditate, they immediately close their eyes. Why do they do that? Even when someone kisses someone, they close their eyes. Why? Because we know on a very, very innate level that we see the world better with our eyes closed. That we actually have vision when we don't look at this world because the way we see the world is not how it is. Like you and I see the world different. So does my neighbor. So does my mm -hmm. sister. Every one of us sees the world's different yep. because we have a different perception based on the script that our brain is running. However, when you close your eyes and you stop looking at your environment and the way you perceive, more important, the way you perceive your environment, you see reality as actually is, which is infinite, eternal, expansive. And you start to feel this part of you that's really you. And you go, oh, there I am. There is me. I'm witnessing Mina yeah. having this life experience and I'm actually, whoa, I'm powerful. I'm consciousness. And from the point of moving into consciousness every single day, which is why most people who meditate, myself included, I do this every morning, right? So it's hard for me to get that tripped up, but I do because I have a brain that was like programmed. Every one of us was programmed from zero to 10 mm -hmm. by, by our theta state. It was taking in everything and everything, but, but I... I'll catch it quicker because I have a morning practice where I'm awake and aware mm -hmm. so that I won't go unconscious all day. Exactly. I think, uh, A, I am definitely addicted to cortisol. We all are. <laughs> I am too. Yeah, heavily. And I think with my coaching I went through, it laid a really good foundation. Um, I would love to do it for the rest of my life because when you're around people like you, people like Roberta, people who are aware of that, it's it's easier to be the best version of yourself and nurture that version. 
And not a lot of people have that friends and family group that want them to change because they're not comfortable with change also. So when you make an adjustment, everyone else freaks out. So like, whoa, this is not predictable. This isn't what happened yesterday. She responded differently. And it sends up these red flags for everyone else because then it makes them have this new thing that's not predictable. And what is, uh, there's no simple suggestion, but, you know, any, you know, self-talk or sayings or when you are trying to make these changes in your own outlook, perception, reality, and you still have people around you that you love and care for and don't want to not have in your life, but aren't really at that place for themselves, how um, how can you continue making the the changes or adjustments you want to make internally with this outside pressure to stay the same because that's what's comfortable for them? So in the beginning, when I was first learning, you know, sort of when I was going through the looking glass, I wanted all the people around me to get it, but yeah. it's been 20 years. And so what I realized is a couple of things. Number one, eating better is so easy with factors, delicious, ready to eat meals. All their meals are chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. With over 35 different options to choose from every single week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto, Factors Fresh, never frozen meals are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. My absolute favorite meal from them was a shrimp pasta one, and that is hard to do in a warmed up meal, and they were so perfect. They also have more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So, what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week, and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. That's right, no prep and no mess. We've done the math, and Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash MinaAF50 and use code MinaAF50 to get 50% off. That's code MinaAF50 at factormeals.com slash MinaAF50 to get 50% off. They already do get it. Their consciousness always has gotten it, but they have a part of them that is wired into thinking that they're this identity and they're very limited and the world is limited and they're perceiving the world different than everyone they know and different than me. And they're, they're bought into the world being that. Okay, fine. Well, A, I have compassion for that because I'm constantly trying to pull myself out of my old program. So I understand that, number one. And number two, again, because my practice is about how I can go and access I can plug into the Wi-Fi of this incredible consciousness, which is our is our reality, right? I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Like if I go to Thanksgiving dinner and everybody there at the table is is wired into suffering on some level and they're telling me all their limitations or why they're upset or whatever, I just have a lot of compassion, right? And I don't necessarily kind of get into it because I'm aware of it. My mindfulness teacher used to say, if you go home and you have a cat, and there's a cat water dish right by the door, even if the lights go out, you won't walk into the, t- the cat dish because you are aware, you know it's there. But if somebody mm-hmm. were staying in your apartment and you gave them a key and the lights went out, 
they would probably walk right into the water dish because they don't know it's there. So having awareness of things and being like, I'm going into this meal right now. I'm going to go see so-and-so. And she's always negative Nelly. And she doesn't get all this stuff. Or she, she focuses on, I don't know, her weight. Or she focuses on me. Or she, I always feel like I'm under the gun. I have to answer all these questions. It's like just being aware that that's her story, right? That's what it usually is. You'll probably meet it differently because you won't react. You'll respond. And then you choose how to respond. You can either respond by just being peaceful or you can respond with like, gosh, you know, I'm going to just say this out loud. This feels, this always feels a little bit uncomfortable, you know, or I don't want to have this conversation or I love you or asking her a different question. Who knows? Or maybe she will just be different because you are different. So, and Mm -hmm. when I say different, not different and I'm different but I'm really still reactive, but like different because you're not reactive. Maybe it'll actually, she'll feel something change in her because she'll feel that you don't need her to co-sign you. Mm-hmm. You're just good on your own. And that usually affects people when they know you don't need them to, to approve of you. We don't yeah. need their approval. And, and if we do, you're, cause you're right. I asked James Clear, he wrote this book called Atomic Habits, right? And I said to him, what's the most important habit? And he said, you know, people used to ask me that and I would say they're all important. I don't know. And he said, but the longer the book has been out, I think there's one habit that's more important than every single habit, which is who you spend time with because you become like those people. So Mm -hmm. what would I say? I would say you have the incredible thing, which is the internet. You have access to people who are conscious. And so if you have that, like podcasts, right? I mean, we've got plenty to keep us aligned and we have plenty Mm -hmm. to make a habit to keep us centered. Well, and I think it's so interesting how how certain things become trendy and uh, like being sober right now is it's very trendy to not drink. Um, My husband and I haven't for almost two years now, uh, just as a personal choice. And I could talk about that forever about how amazing it has been long-term because it takes away that haze and really made me recognize and deal with the emotions and things as they came up from stressful events or family triggers. But that's probably a whole nother, you know, a whole nother podcast. But what I think has also become more publicly acceptable is not staying connected to people just because you've always been connected, whether that's friends or family, this more socially acceptable idea of I'm going to distance myself from whatever that is that feels toxic and like it's putting me or making it harder for me to stay in a place that I want to be. All right. Well, that is our episode today. Um, Thank you guys all so much for joining. Remember, please leave a question or a story on the voicemail box. Whatever's moving you, the uncomfortable thing, the thing you want to ask or, you know, thing you want to tell me that you wouldn't say to my face nothing's off limits. So just click the link in the show notes and I will see you next Tuesday. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.